Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football. My name is Mark. And I am the champ. How are you? Well, apparently the champ is here, but I don't know. I don't want to get sued by John Cena or something like that. So you had a good week. I did. I did have a good week. But before before we proceed any further, we should... Before uh, we give you the whole episode. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We are, we are honoured to have um, a guest on our podcast today. And another champion, the champion of our consolation bracket, uh, my dear friend from our New York days, uh, Spencer, myself and Nick Spence, we had on a few weeks ago, all lived together in Brooklyn. So without further ado, welcome to Nick. Nick, thanks so much for joining us this week. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm um, happy to to be here as the true champion, the champion of the losers. Um, uh, that's the spirit. That's, that's right. That's the spirit. You had a good you had a good few weeks last few weeks, Nick, didn't you? You know, I I won uh, one game at the very beginning of the year um, against it was, uh, Mark. Oh, um, okay, okay. As Thanks, you do. Thanks as you do. Yeah. Um, and then I lost 10 in a row. Oh, really? Wow. I actually, I didn't know you lost 10 in a row. Wow. But then okay. I haven't lost since then. Good for uh, you. So yeah. in, including two games against, um, against Mark that I, I won. So that's a total of three, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark, would you get a response to that? I just bring out the best in people. You do. If I might, if I might add, Nick, Nick is probably the the fiercest competitor of fantasy football that I know, and and I I do have a story to tell. When I, I believe this might have been the first year that I played fantasy football in our days in New York, there was a group of about twelve of us that were in a league together. This was maybe 10, 10 11 years ago, I'd say, and we were in a Yahoo league. Uh, to, I believe we had an odd number, and I think to make up the numbers, Nick's then partner she joined the league she didn't really know anything about american football but she joined to make up the numbers so she naturally won the whole thing uh no no um <laughs> it's far far more interesting than that it's Mark. far more interesting oh, than that. so okay. so and obviously i will give i will give our guest his, his chance to respond so the league started going and about halfway through all of a sudden i, I remember one of one of the people in the league messaged us saying oh have you have you seen nick's team all of a sudden and people like no and so we we went to his team and all of a sudden he had all these amazing players and we were like what the you know what like how did this happen and then we found out when we're looking through that he basically and i'm not going to accuse of any collusion but he basically traded traded all of all of his ex-partners um, great players who obviously she didn't know anything she probably didn't care about the league at all wasn't really playing all of her great players went to Knicks and then so that was the one thing but then this one one person in our league got he got so pissed off he actually reported Nick to Yahoo Fantasy Football I didn't know that so, part so, oh you didn't oh okay no. oh yes yeah you you were actually reported so nice so yes I just want to put it out there Biz that um, I am now an ordained uh, minister and uh one of the things that i'm very very uh proud of in my ministry is that i have now very good integrity um uh, I, i'm i'm so happy i'm i'm very i'm very happy about that and um you know i yeah i i would certainly not accuse you of any impropriety there but um you know i'm glad that you owned up to it and you know 
you've moved you've moved on you've moved on past then so oh, well, you know i had to make so many reparations with so many friends after that <laughs> like i had to beg to be in the in the next they let me in the next year and then yes and so i feel like i've made amends um both you both have. and that's actually i i could say that that's the reason why i joined you know the ministry uh because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. Although that is that is in fact not true, but I you know um, I could say that. Uh, no, it was it was it was not my most shining moment, and um, I definitely I you know it wasn't like I was taking all of her best players. I just want to I just want to add some complexity there that I took I think two or three of her of her good players. Okay, um, okay, I exaggerate. Uh, yeah. How many of them were maybe, running? Maybe back? this maybe this could be in your sermon in one of your sermons in in the future. So getting back to your team this year, I mean, you, you, you said, you, I mean, you did have a bad season. What, what, what kind of happened? What do you think went wrong? Oh, I'll, I'll, as I, um, I mentioned, well, I didn't mention, Mark mentioned back in, I think your first episode, maybe your second episode, uh, that, uh, that he really enjoyed my name that I had chosen then, which was Will Never Auto Pick Again. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think... A combination of auto picking, which I have never done, uh, and also auto picking as the twelfth and final pick of of the round, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. screwed me. Um, yeah. And it's actually because I, I I knew I was going to auto pick ahead of time, and so I, I actually had done some priorities and I tried my best, and I did not consider the fact that those priorities sh uh, could and should change depending on where, where my pick was. Absolutely. And so I ended up picking, uh, as I would normally do, uh, two running backs as, as my first two picks. <clears throat> and they were near the bottom of, of that kind of um, maybe first tier, but right. perhaps in the middle of the second tier running backs. Uh, you took Nick Chubb and you took Antonio Gibson. Neither of them have proven to be very good this year, even when they're playing. And both of them were, were out a lot. Um, which you can't bet on. You can't. You can't bet on it being them being out. But when they have been in, for example, my worst player yesterday, and I had a pretty good, pretty good day over the weekend. Um, was Nick Chubb. Everyone else scored in double digits. Nick Chubb had five point eight. Um, mm. So, and that's that inconsistency was pretty much par for the course for the year. I'm gonna give that not as a damnification for Nick Chubb, and more so to the fact that they had Baker Mayfield throw the ball thirty eight times against. Yeah a team that wasn't letting him complete anything. But, you know, that's just me. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'll blame the offensive coordinator for that also uh, because the Steelers' secondary was... Uh, actually, no, front line was was bad all year. I don't know why they didn't pound the ground against them, especially when Nick, Nick Chubb was healthy. Um, I was screaming at the TV for them to run, but we'll get to that game later. Yep. So, anyway, I, I ended well... Um, but the, it was a struggle. I think the the biggest hurt for me, talking about my competitive nature, was losing against the guy who didn't actually play this year. Oh, um, <laughs> um, and I, I I was very unhappy about that. And have, I'd love to, to to mention the possibility That's karma. of relegation. karma. Can we talk about relegation at some point for folks who don't actually play? Biz, you might appreciate the relegation idea. Certainly do. I certainly do. Yes, yeah. I mean, as as I said to Mark, I mean, I actually won the league a few weeks ago when I actually came top. As far as I'm concerned, that was winning the whole thing. So I've actually done the double, so the triple. But we can get into that later, Mark. So. Yeah. 
yeah we'll get into that later yeah biz it's it's you know it's always surprising when you win when you get the first pick in the draft you know look i, I will say mark myself we, we've talked about Shot this. There, there is no there's no benefit to i was going to bring you up on this there's no benefit to picking first like i will say with you nick because you you auto drafted and that is different I honestly don't mind picking last in the draft because then you get two picks on the trot. Because it evens itself out, I really don't think it made any, any difference. Yeah. I, I personally um, think that the best but, picks to take in, in a league like ours would have been like fourth or ninth or something like that. Yeah, like that, yeah. Mid, mid-round mid picks, I think, are the are, are pretty solid because you, you have the highest frequency of pick. Yeah, hot, uh, to me, it's either not the first couple of picks, but like maybe three or four in so that you can get a top-tier player. Or closer to the end of the first round so that you can get two relatively close picks um and like plan out like what you're taking this and what you're taking next without having to sacrifice possibly falling out of a tier one player yeah but that'll be conversations for when we get down to our next draft as well nick it's awesome to have you on but why don't we go ahead and uh briefly mention once again that the championship for our league did have a crowning individual uh, and that would be an individual who has taken way too much time the past few weeks glorifying his accomplishments. Biz, do you have anything quick to say before we move on? We will revisit this to the end. Wow, you put me on the spot. You know, what can I say? I, you, I mean, you you lot, you people should be ashamed that someone ashamed. who knows more about cricket and snooker won, won a fancy American football league. Um, and not only, I crushed it. 11-3, and three, so I did win the league a few weeks ago. And then I won this thing you call playoffs or whatever that is. Um, no, in all honesty, last week, Jalen Waddle got me out of a hole big time. This week, Jamar Chase, um, he had a game for the ages. There's not much more you can add. He scored, I believe, the fifth or sixth most fantasy points ever. If <laughs> that's, I mean, even if he had scored 20 points, which is still a decent total, it would have been much closer. I, th- I think I may have still won by four or five points, but still, because everyone else, apart from Austin Eckler, didn't have a great game. I did contemplate during the week dropping, it sounds you know sacrilege <laughs> to say this, but I did contemplate dropping Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook because Kirk Cousins was out. Um, but I was just like, you can't, you can't drop those two players. You just can't. Um, you also mentioned on this podcast last week that you were contemplating not starting Jamar Chase. That that is very true because he had a good because week. you're bad at this. <laughs> yeah, it's all luck. It's all luck. That's how. <laughs> that's yeah. It's all luck. So you know, beginner's luck. What can I say? Um, you've been doing yeah. this for ten years. You've been doing this for a decade, Biz. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> no, I'm. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what can I say? Um, you know well what i can talent, say talent is talent wins out um 11 and 3 champion i've decided i'm not going to play again next year i'm just going to i am just going to you know retire like john elway ride out into the sunset with you with know a, he with played another year afterwards not like he like brown <laughs> You're not gonna run out like Antonio Brown. I think that's a that's a it's a much oh, more um uh, yes. current way to end your. You career. know what? The, you know what, Nick? I could not. I could Good not segue. Think a segue. of a better segue than that. Our first topic is going to be the clown show. That it is Antonio Brown, Antonio Clown, whatever you want to say about <laughs> it. Um, we've got some had some more informations about what that side like altercation with Antonio Brown leaving the Bucks game halfway through. But regardless, any way that you spin it, he's he's just 
at this point of his career, if you pick him up for any reason, like you're, you're just asking for all sorts of trouble. I, I just don't even know what to start with this. What do you think? As a minister and as somebody who cares deeply about people who uh, are neurodivergent in some way, um, I, I, I can't help but think that um, there is likely something going on um, beyond just behavioral things. I think I wouldn't be surprised. And it's, it's tough to speculate about this. And I want to give him agency and I want to make sure that I don't take his, his dignity away. But I, you know, there, um, there's likely some, was it that chronic encephalopathy going on, uh, mm-hmm. in his brain? Oh, CTE. Well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I, I, I want to, I actually grieve for him a little bit that, that not only is his pretty stellar physical career over, I, again, Mark, I think I, I agree with you. There's no way that he's going to get hired by another team. That he, you know, he also, he just, everyone is going to be saying some pretty negative things about him because it's, it's hard not to. So just to talk on that a bit, overwhelmingly for the past 24, 48 hours regarding this particular incident, everybody has speculated mental health is becoming a big issue with Antonio Brown. And everybody is saying, uh, actually, I think Chris Morton said said this the best, is that the NFLPA has immense resources for individuals to be able to get help, to be able to be talked to, to be able to find them, as long as you're willing to be able to take advantage of those resources. And everybody was pleading, like, regardless of what we saw, please, Antonio Brown, whatever you can do to be able to get help so that you can be happy to be able to calm whatever is going on, but talking about it from the football and the family, fantasy football perspective, I mean, the man walked out in the middle of a game. Yeah. Uh, the situation that happened was apparently he was asked to go out on the field, and he felt that his, his ankle was not in a place that he could play for the rest of the game. Um, he, his side of the story apparently is that he told Bruce Arians that his ankle was flaring up. Uh, Bruce Arians' side of the story is that he didn't say anything about his ankle, and he just said, I'm not going in. Uh, so I'm not so sure we have a he said, she said going on in this particular case. Uh, I don't want to speculate on like who is or who is not telling the truth. All I do know is that based off of what we saw this past week, any general manager that decides, you know what, I'm going to take a, a fly in Antonio Brown. We just need a receiver for this here and there. It's on them at this point. They've seen what, ha- what he does to teams on and off the field at this point. And additionally, I, I love the move that the Bucks have made, at least up to this point, this Tuesday afternoon that we are recording. The Bucks have not officially waived him. He is still on their roster, but he is not active. And he is not okay. going to be playing, which essentially means that these, they are not letting him out of his contract to sign with anybody else. Right. So my first thought was that maybe a team like Dallas, who just lost Michael Gallup, Maybe hmm. they would be, take a fly on Antonio Brown for like two or three games just to be Wouldn't able to surprise the receiving core. Yeah, I I don't see the Bucks and Bruce Arians, who's been as hard nosed as you can get, and is like let's let's do this for the team. I don't see him just dropping Antonio Brown. Uh, it might mean that they have to hold on to a roster spot for him, and maybe as they get deeper into the playoffs, they can't sacrifice that. But right now, I I love the move to hold on to him. Yeah, I. <laughs> I think for me, I mean, I, I don't really have that much more to add. I think, Nick, you brought up a great point about, I mean, yeah, we've all said it, um, and Tom Brady said it about having some compassion for him. He's, he, he needs help, and whatever that help, you don't want to speculate what that is, but whatever help he needs, I hope he gets it in the, in the best way that's possible for him. 
It's interesting, Nick, you brought up CTE because one thing that I, I that did spring to mind yesterday, so I was watching the game, uh, Steelers, and obviously a lot of it was about Big Ben's last home game. And they showed a highlight, I think, during the halftime of, I think, a playoff game in 2010 or 2011, and, and Roethlisberger was thrown to Antonio Brown. And I, I sort of forget that for the first sort of four or five years of his career, there was never this stuff surrounding Antonio Brown. And all of a sudden, about four years ago, it just all just went out of control. And it started with that kind of Facebook live show that he did after that playoff game. And then just after that, it was just one thing after another. And, and you know, it just seems strange that all of a sudden it just unraveled and spiraled out of control. Because for the first five or so years, he seemed the consummate professional. Mm-hmm. And, and yet all of a sudden it... And so... And maybe to your point with, you know, CT, maybe something happened there. I mean, again, like we shouldn't speculate, but um, as to the, the, the football side, it wouldn't surprise me at all if any team picks him up because I know, I know that a lot of people say this is, you know, he's done. But actually, given how good he is and how good he is still, we saw what he did. I mean, he helped Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl last year. Um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if another team picks him up, whether it's this year or next year, because the NFL, sadly, is a is a league that has double standards. And if you can help someone win games, ultimately, that's all that people care about. And people said this also, that in a way, the Bucks enabled him, even after like the fake uh, vaccination card, bringing him back. Um, Tom Brady sort of enabled him a bit by taking him under his wing. And and I think the NFL has enabled him time and time and again by giving him these opportunities when they should be saying to him, you know, take some time off, get the help you need, and then, you know, we'll revisit this in the future. But yeah, well, that didn't work great for. Um, uh, I'm lacking on his name right now. Who Josh, played for Josh the- Gordon? Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah. I was thinking that there's a weird parallel actually with Antonio yeah. Brown and Josh Gordon too. That. Again, Josh Gordon was like a otherworldly talent, and I, I see the parallel. Where you've got an amazing talent, and you've got a lot of some demons that are keeping him from being able to achieve his peak. In the case of Josh Gordon, it seemed like it was a uh, a physical addiction to to something off the field. We haven't seen anything like that been for Antonio Brown. Uh, they have different paths for recovery in different particular ways, even if they might be taking advantage of the same resources. Regardless, just in the same way that I feel, felt and still feel with Josh Gordon, I, I feel that Antonio Brown, I hope that he gets the help that he needs because it yeah. would be a way, it, it's a shame to see such immense talent be wasted. But if I could make a bad segue, speaking of immense talent, let's talk about the NFL this past weekend. Let's talk about the Bengals Chiefs game where your Jamar Chase put up an all time great receiving game. Joe Burrow put up. What was it? It's the most back-to-back yardage uh, that a quarterback has ever had. Yeah. Uh, nearly 1,000 yards total uh, combined in back-to-back games after he had the 525 yards. The Bengals, if everything rolls their way after beating the Chiefs this past weekend, they could find themselves in the number one spot if everything lines up correctly this weekend. Oh, really? I didn't. I, I mean, I knew they won the division. I didn't know they could still get the number one seed. And they, they need win. a lot of things to go their way. I mean, like, they need what you expect them to win. They're okay. currently ahead of them. The Chiefs are ahead of them, and the Titans are ahead of them. 
But if both of those teams lose, which is not likely to happen, but weirder things have happened, the Broncos could decide to play spoilers, and the Titans could make the decision that, hey, we actually are an NFL team. Hmm. And if those two things happen and they play spoiler and then the Bengals end up upsetting the Browns, Bengals have a bye their first week. Now, personally, I want to see the Titans hold on to the one spot, give Derrick Henry another week to rest, and then come back and run roughshod on the rest of the AFC. But that's me. Well, it is fun to see, um, you know, the uh, Burrow and Chase air it out like they did in LSU. You know, I think that was that was the the hope uh, bringing in Jamar Chase af- after they brought in Burrow, and uh, I I think there might actually be some generational talent uh, at play here in, in both spots. The sample size being what it is, which is pretty small, it does look like the the, the talent that they they displayed in uh, Baton Rouge is is legit. That was their hope that that connection would still be there, and it clearly is. I mean, Jamal Chase has been nothing short of sensational this year. Joe Burrow, we talked about it on a few of our episodes. You know, he had a horrible injury last year, and sometimes you, particularly with a rookie, you're so worried that you know they're done, like if they can't come back to the same level. I personally think it's happened with Carson Wentz. He's never been the same since that that injury at Philadelphia. Uh, Robert Griffin the third. It happened with him. Uh, to even more of an extent where he didn't really play in the league again after that. I know that there might be different injuries, but Joe Burrow's come back and it's just like he's taken off where he left off. And the the talent they have, I mean, aside of Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins is amazing as well. Tyler Boyd is really good. Joe Mixon is a very, very good running back and doesn't get enough credit, I don't think. And when you talk about the best running backs in the league, offensively they're they're as good as anyone at the moment but I, I don't know there's something about there are just still question marks for me in the playoffs like they're a young team are they sort of battle hardened when they go they are capable of beating anyone I will say that that was a signature win a statement win 100%. against the the team that you know was on a roll and so to, to beat them says a lot you find success in the playoffs if you can find a way to stop the run and next week, they're going to get a test without Baker Mayfield. Everybody knows that the Browns are going to try to run Nick Chubb up against them. And that came out really wrong, by the way, but I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> oh, I love you should that. should keep it in. I'm definitely keeping it in. Uh, but they're going to have to stop Nick Chubb from rushing all over their defense. And if they can hold him down, their path looks like they might be going up against likely the Colts in the first round, which means that they're going to have to find a way to stop Jonathan Taylor. They're going to have to be able to stop all pro running back, all pro offensive line. And they may have to do that every single week to be able to get to where they need. So that's what I want to see from the Bengals. If, If they can stop the run this week, then I say, okay, they've got a chance to get all the way, but they need to start that this week. And speaking of offensive line, they didn't really address that last year in the draft, which everyone was concerned with, you know, the Burrow injury, for example. Um, I think I think that's a weakness there still, too. Kind of, but last year's draft was really, really good on the left side, where you had Rashawn Slater and you had Panay Sewell, and everybody's like, oh, they took Jonah Williams the year before Burrow, but he's not been particularly good so far. Well, he got injured his first year, and a lot of people forget that it takes a while to develop left tackle. I do think that their left tackle situation this is solidified. I do think that Jonah Williams will end up being that guy who's with them for the very, very long time. But I'm concerned about the right side of the line. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great game. It was probably the game of the week, actually, 
Um, oh, we yeah. couldn't stop watching that. And we were talking about that as one of the games to pay attention to for this week. Yeah. The other game we said, the next one I want to bring up is, it, it was a bit more lackluster than we all thought, which was Titans versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins proving that they're not quite there yet. I should have seen this coming because Tennessee at home are, they're a difficult really proposition really and they're really good. good. And the Dolphins, yeah, I should have seen this coming. I mean, I, you know, I, I played Jalen Waddle who didn't have a great game, but yeah, I mean, Tennessee is unbelievably is still in that number one seed, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about that game really. I mean, Tennessee just uh, stomped all over them really. So, well, yeah. the thing to say about that game is even though we haven't had Derrick Henry since week eight, they have still rushed for over, I think, 1,200 yards as a team since then. So they're not abandoning what they were, even though they don't have Derrick Henry. They are just continuing to say, hey, this is our strength. We may not have the best guy in the league to be able to run the rock, but we've still got Jeremy McNichols, and they're Dr. still Foreman. doing fine. Huh? Dr. Foreman, I, I, who I saw on my Foreman, bench yeah. this week and had 18.2 points. I was very fortunate that I still won um, after after not playing him. But mm -hmm. I I kind of think of the season that Miami has had, kind of like I don't know the pro football equivalent to a Nick Filson kind of fantasy um, <laughs> season, you know, where where they had uh, that terrible beginning, mm. and then they they ran off several in a row, but they're really not all that good. They just they just kind of you know. <laughs> Mediocre at, the, at best. Mediocre at best. The streak also started a bit too late for them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the tough division. Yeah, the tough division. It's getting better. Now, yeah. one thing to keep in mind is the most well-known quarterback out of that draft class for Tua, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow, people had known who Tua was for a long time. And he had had the injury concerns, and he also, as we talked about that before, he didn't have the arm strength. He's not that dynamic. Uh, it's kind of crazy that that class still may end up being the best quarterback class of over the course of like five years or so. You can compare Herbert and Burrow versus Allen and Jackson. And then the year before, Watson and Mahomes, which probably has the, the cake at this point, although we don't... I think they have the edge, but they're in the conversation, especially if Tua can develop. And I, I'm willing to give Tua one more year as a starter, uh, especially since he finished the season in a good spot. No, I agree. I, I still, I, I, I think with Tua, like it's too early to say he can't play. I think, like you say, give give him one more year and then maybe make a decision, see what happens. Yeah, it's a bit like Baker Mayfield, the situation there too. You know, whether people are saying, you know, do they explore moving on from him? The thing with Baker is I, I sort of feel it's sort of, do you stick or twist? Because it's kind of, he, he's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> so, and it's kind of like, okay, well, if you get rid of him, who are you going to get? I think we can explore that conversation after the season is over. Because we'll know a little bit more about which quarterbacks are staying, which quarterbacks are yeah. going. I personally think that the Browns are going to go ahead and give him the franchise tag. Since he has been playing with an injury the entire season, they may not have all the information they need to know to make a, an informed decision, and they have the franchise tag in their back pocket. Yeah. We can save that for another, con another time, since we have more games, and that can be a whole episode by itself. We keep talking about how the AFC, the number one seed, is wide open. That is not the case in the NFC. The Packers are on the top of the mountain. They have been, without a doubt, the best-looking team in the NFC this entire season. Their only losses all season long 
where week one against the Saints where they got blown out. Again, week one, very, very iffy uh, offseason based off of COVID restrictions and things like that. They lost a one-score game against the Chiefs in which Aaron Rodgers was out because of COVID. And then they lost a primetime game against the Vikings, which is the division rival, and it was a one-score game too. Outside of those three games, which can all be deemed to be forgivable, they have run roughshod across the entire NFL. And that's the second time I've said run roughshod. I mean, like, it's, it's just one of those days, gentlemen. <laughs> I generally am a Packers fan. Not so much for any other reason than they're a tiny market. And they're what, why does that not surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They're, they're kind of owned by the, the, the city. They're, you know, it's, it, they're in the tiny market. They're historically great. You know, year Packers after year. Packers are available for purchase right now. Right now. Um, <laughs> and this year... And they have such a wonderful human being at quarterback. I'm a stellar, stellar, you know, personification of a, of a great person. I am so glad you brought that up, Biz, because I remember you and I having so many conversations <laughs> where you just... Hated Aaron Rodgers before it was oh, cool. Whoa, 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 whoa. Aaron I, Rodgers. I don't, I don't hate anyone. I, I do not right. have in my heart. Right. Let me, let me rephrase. Minister on my show, I would, I would never say the word. You showed some great disgust for him. You hated, you hated the discount double check thing. You made you no, sure you're never about that guy. And you know what? I wasn't. I was. I couldn't understand why he seemed like a cool dude. You know, kind of seems smart. Obviously, has a one of the best arms of all time. You know, the guy can throw a football, um, and uh, he's proven to be. Because I'm a minister, I won't say what he's proven to be, but um, <laughs> it, 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 I'm I'm it's I'm finding it hard to root for the Packers this year just because of him. Oh, fantastic! I love it. I love it. I love it. Finally, he's, he's switching over. This reminds me, I will say, Mark, of, and obviously we don't have enough time, but I, I wanted to revisit our ongoing debate. Me and Nick often had ongoing debates about who's the greatest, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, but we will, we, we will revisit that for another, for another time. As there's clearly not enough hours in the day. Clearly not. <laughs> and just, just to talk actually on the game rather than this continuing to be the, the Rodgers hate parade, I, I, I watched the majority of that game. It was not particularly exciting. The Vikings did not show up to, to play at all. And to be fair, they did not have a quarterback that game. They were running with Sean Mannion. Uh, Kirk Cousins was out because of a positive COVID test. So it was really just, hey, Aaron Rodgers, would you like the number one seed? If you do, raise your hand. You do? Okay, cool. You're the, good to go. The one thing I want to add to that, though, is, you know, last year the Packers were the number one seed as well. And mm -hmm. they had another great season. I think last year they were 13-3, and three, I believe. And... You know they lost. They lost in the championship game, Tampa Bay. And I, as as brilliant as they've been this season, I can see a couple of teams beating them in green. But I mean, Tampa Bay is a team that I can see beating them. Um, it Even sounds... with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and yeah. Leonard Fournette, yeah, I don't definitely. see Tampa Bay beating them. I, I, I see Tampa I Bay like getting rolled. Okay, well, we can. I, I'll be that. honest. I, we can revisit that. Uh, I actually had a conversation with Justin via text earlier today, and maybe we can bring him on so I can have somebody to back me up on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, 
as much as I would love to see another team come out of the NFC and be able to beat the Packers, I just don't see a team in the NFC that is as perfectly built and as unhindered by injuries so yeah. far. Keep in mind, they're down uh, Jair Alexander, and they're going to get him back after the bye. They're only going to get better when the playoffs begin. Yeah, I think I think that injury piece is is really important, Mark. The uh, I think the Cowboys probably would be the the, the best um, alternative to them, but they've just been killed yeah. with injuries this year. They've got the defense, but their offense is starting to really, really show their yeah. wear. Yeah. yeah. So we've only got one more game that I want to bring up. Uh, and we've alluded to this one a little bit, but Ben Roethlisberger last night may have played his last game at Heinz Field. Uh, and I don't know if how much of last night's game you guys watched. The entire game was essentially a an homage to the greatness that is <laughs> Big Ben. Uh, yeah. Not bringing up any of the allegations <clears throat> that happened earlier in his career, but just talking about the on-field stuff. You know, let's let's just keep it with that. The entire time I was watching this game that the... Steelers manhandled the Browns offense. All I could think about was Big Ben has been playing around with the idea of retiring the past two seasons. And he's been like toying and like holding this up for people. And he's like, you know what? I might. I'm probably going to. You guys going to miss me? All right, I'm back. And right. even though this is kind of, it, 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 to be perfectly fair, it was a beautiful textbook. Like if you could go out <laughs> and if you could dictate what the end of your career at your home stadium could be like, this would have been what I wanted. It was lovely. They gave him so many tributes. They gave him the ball at the very end. The, the news reporters rushed to the field to get his emotions afterwards. He seemed so happy, so thankful, so grateful. And all I can imagine is in two months, he's like, hey, guys, I'm back. And everybody's just like, yeah. You, so you think he's going to Brett Favre it? <laughs> I, I would not be shocked if, if, if Ben Roethlisberger decided to yeet the retirement. That's a term for the youngins. I, I, I think he will stay retired um, because retired he, just, he, he hasn't, but he's, he's just not very good anymore. And the one thing, though, is it, I mean, as great as it was, this kind of you know, farewell yesterday, it's almost like as if it was his last game. And I know it was his last home game, but they, were, they, they are still in with a shout of reaching the playoffs and it almost seems as if, okay, well that's the end of the season. And actually next week's game, they're, they're playing Baltimore, aren't they? Um, they are you know, playing Baltimore. It's really possible for them to get into the playoffs. Unlikely, it is possible, but, but I think the maximum they can get is the seventh season. Yes, so there's no chance for them. But, to but it's almost like, well, they still got to go again. So, you know, I wonder if like they should have had this massive celebration yesterday. I mean, I get why they did it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> We talked about Aaron Rodgers a bit. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger certainly also isn't my favorite person in the league. Um, but as a as a Steeler, I mean, he he just embodies that team and what that team sort of is. And certainly out of that draft class of like him, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers, he certainly go down as the best out of the three, definitely. And you know, yeah, he's a he's a Hall of Famer, and yeah. I, I I, th I doubt he'll come back because he's just not very good anymore. And you wonder if the Steelers will just say, look, we, we need to move on because they do have some other pieces around that they can build around. And But yeah, he uh, remains to be seen. I'm not sure if he's going to be the, the top of, of those three. I mean, he has the same amount of Super Bowls as, as Eli. I mean, aside, I mean, 
I, the I, Eli I can't, Manning I can't, hate. I can't have the unsolicited Eli Manning hate. So, are you going to argue, Biz? I, I just, I just want to. Are you going to argue that uh, Eli is not as good, even though he has more Super Bowls? When all the time that we've ever had arguments about Peyton and Tom Brady, that you argue that Tom Brady is better because he has more Super Bowls, like um, time Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> no, I, I mean. Ben, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is definitely better than Eli Manning. There's just there's not there's not there's no argument there's no argument there at all. I mean, they have the same amount of Super Bowls. And Ben, you're right, Mark. Ben Roethlisberger been to one more. He lost to Aaron Rodgers, I think. Your two favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a good Super Bowl, though. So it it actually um, was a great Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Ben fan, and I haven't been since the accusations were made. Not one, but two. And and um, Stormy Daniels uh, wrote about him in her book, and um, uh, last year, you know, he he doesn't have a good track record as a human. And right. I I will I will generally like people who are athletes based on their humanity before, or at least equal to their skill level on the on the field or or pitch, whatever you want to call it, biz pitch so those are the games i want to talk about um we have the last week of the season coming up and most of the dust has been settled there's one more nfc playoff spot available and there are i think there's one more afc spot that's no there's two afc spots available because the colts have not wrapped theirs up officially yet the afc seed could potentially go to one of four different teams Uh, Interestingly enough, even though the Bills have the inside shot to be the AFC East champions, the Patriots are the team that if they win the division, they have a shot to be the number one seed, but the Bills don't based off of conference tiebreakers. Oh, okay. Interesting. So there's so much that's left out there. Question for each of you. If the Titans don't end up getting the number one seed, which AFC team would you want to see get that number one seed? I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. There were a lot of naysayers at the beginning of the year about he, you know, he he was maybe a, a flash in the pan kind of thing, which was way too soon to have that kind of, kind of um, idea after the amount of success he's had as as so far. Um, I would love to see the Chiefs take it all again, and, and but at the very least, be the number one seed in the AFC. I, I sort of half want the Bengals to be the number one seed, but but I. I kind of know that they probably would lose in their... I think they would probably lose in their first... But the the best Super Bowl matchup is always, I do think, the Chiefs, because they are the most explosive team. Although the Bengals are... They kind of give us, as we saw against the Chiefs, they kind of give as good as they get. It's kind of a, you know, almost like a college game when when they played. So I, I think... I, I, I don't want to see the Patriots as the number one seed at all. I would... Yeah, I, I would go with the Chiefs too. You know, they, they, they're an exciting team, so it's always nice to see them, like, if they move on from there. I'm going to make it three for three. I'm also going to save the Chiefs. I would love to see the Bengals get the number one seed, but like I mentioned before, like, if they can shore up that run defense, and they did a great job against the Chiefs in the second half. They only gave up three points in the second half against the Chiefs. But the Chiefs' big story this entire year has how much better their defense has got. 
And when you've made that type of an improvement in such an integral part that matters in the playoffs, that lets me know that your team is willing to adapt on what's most important. We all know Patrick Mahomes can do. We all know what Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can do. They've kind of gone through a rotation on what their running backs can do, even if they get CEH back, even when they have Damon Williams back, even when they have, oh gosh, who was the other guy? Uh, Gore, who came into oh, yeah. the game. Even when they've got this rotational group of players, they are just trying to figure out what the best way to be able to win on a consistent basis. And part of that is Andrew Reid is willing to try things. Yeah. That's why I think they'll be the most exciting team in the playoffs, even though we've seen them for two years in a row go that far, and really three years if it wasn't for a a uh, false start by Frank Clark, or offsides by Frank Clark. Yeah. Uh, it made me so angry when that happened. Um, or D Ford, was it Frank Clark or D Ford? One of those guys, an edge rusher guy who couldn't do that. Do you have any additional predictions that you guys want to make as far as how the games this weekend are going to go? I have a sneaky feeling the Raiders might beat the Chargers and the Raiders might, might get, in the, get in the playoff even though I think the Chargers are at home, although I'm not sure. But I, I just, the, the Chargers, again, are, are sort of, you can't often trust them. One week they're great, the next week they're awful. Um, it's the Sunday night game, Raiders charge, because for all intents and purposes, it's a winner takes all. Uh, but I, could, I, could see, I can see the Raiders, I can see the Raiders maybe, maybe getting in. So one of the things that's really fascinating, and actually the game I'm going to be predicting is the same that you picked, Biz. Raiders Chargers when the Sunday games wrapped up it was clear that that game was going to be the last game of the season because it's got this mystique of winner takes all yeah. however here's a fascinating thing about that game if the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Chargers win both the Chargers and the Raiders get in oh wow okay so it's not necessarily it's yeah. not necessarily a winner take all however yeah, if, if it looks like to me, based off of the way that I've c compiled my playoff machine, I, I don't have anything like really, really crazy out there. I actually think that the Dolphins are going to upset the Patriots just because the Patriots seem to be upset by the Dolphins once per year. Yes. I've got the Ravens beating the Steelers. Nothing crazy in the AFC, really. But according to this, if the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Chargers beat the Raiders, both the Raiders and Chargers get in. However, if the, if the Raiders win, the Chargers lose out to the Colts in a tiebreaker. So it's really the Chargers, no matter what, have to win this game. But the Raiders look like they can get in if other games go their way. Wow. So can I, wait, say, say that last bit again? The Raiders may be into the playoffs regardless of the outcome of their game if other games fall the correct way before their game. Okay. But the Chargers must, must win, win or tie that game. Okay. Can I can I ask a can I ask another question? Given the results now, I just I'm just gonna put this out there. Would the Ravens still be in a playoff spot if their record uh, no, the, the, was eight? No, if their record was what was their record at the moment? Eight and eight. They're eight and eight. You mean so if they had won they one, were, one more game? No. If they were eight, six and if they were eight, six oh. and two. <laughs> I'm not sure if you you've been following over the last uh, couple of episodes, but as a as a proper football fan, we, we've we've often had the discussions about this American disease of of not wanting to tie a game, even though it can actually help you. But we get so I just had a question that if the Ravens were eight six and two, 
would they currently be in a playoff seeding spot? If the Ravens were 8-6-2, and two, they would have a chance to be able to be in the playoffs. Okay, if, no, enough said. If, enough if. Said. And the, the only no, way that this could happen. Was... No, 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 no. I, I'm giving you your dues here. I'm, I'm, I want to create what the scenario would be. They would have to have the Jaguars beat the Colts. And that is their only path. Okay, but, they they, had an but they, they are out of the playoffs now. They are eliminated, right. yeah. So, enough said. Which is kind of anyway. tragic, actually, um, considering the talent they have on that team. They, no, I think Cowboys were per- perhaps close second, but they were decimated by injuries this year. Like they were. No other team. Well, like um, I said, Nick, if they had drawn two games, if they had gone for the tie, <laughs> they, they could potentially still be alive. They would be so right there. They would be right there. Still be hard. I don't see the Jaguars beating uh, the Colts this week at all, being that they I agree. are just terrible. Um, <laughs> that happens to be what they are. That's correct. Yeah. I have won two games this year. Two or yeah. three? No, two. I don't see them beating a, pl- a playoff, pretty much playoff bound division rival with their top running back out and their, their coaching situation is a mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, I, I just I don't see that domino falling. I also tend to root for the Colts, and so I, I'm you know I'm kind of kind of feeling them. But uh, I, I'd be very surprised, uh, very very surprised. In fact, I, I would put a fair amount of money down on the Colts winning and and, and the Jaguars coming nowhere near the spread. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably put money on that too if I was a betting man. Yeah. And with that, let's wrap up the week with just a couple of things. We're going to get to Pickums first before we let Biz go on his soliloquy. Biz, you kind of had a double wins in Pickums this week. I'm not sure if you realize this. I do not. But I mean, I know I won my Pickum with you. You won your so you won the Pickums with me. In this week, we both picked uh, winning teams. You picked the Patriots over the Jaguars. Shocker, they won by forty. Uh, I picked the Seahawks to beat the Lowly Lions. Shocker. They, they put up 50. The two okay. teams that put up 50, we, we picked those teams. But I'm not sure. So you actually did put, get your picks in in our Pick'em's League with Justin. You got and 14 I... games right this week. Wow. What a week it's been. Which <laughs> led our Pick'em's League. Now, that being the case, Justin still ended up with 12 correct and he has jumped up ahead in the national standings from 13th place to 12th place. Wow, he is amazing. In the national standings. Yeah. In the national standings for this one particular app that has over 5,000 people playing this particular uh, Pick'em's app, there is, it doesn't look like there's a mathematical chance for him to finish in money, which only goes out to the top three. Uh, But there is a good chance that he could end up in top 10. If he picks a couple of games going here and there. It's our last regular game of the season. And we have one last week of pick'ems before we get into our playoff pick'ems going to this. Biz, who do you want to be your last regular season's pick'em selection? There's one fixture that stands out to me. This is the last week of the regular season. In Mm. honor of my esteemed co-host, who was also in that city. And it's where I also spent six weeks towards the end of last last year. Every every week you were here, they lost. <laughs> so I am picking the mighty Seattle Seahawks. It could oh. well be Russ's and Pete Carroll's last ever game together. I'm going to oh. pick their upset away to Arizona. I've just put the kiss of death on, uh, on the Seahawks. 
You pretty but, much have, although I would not be upset about that upset. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks to beat. Yeah, you know, division game. Seattle, they, they don't have anything to play for. It's just one of those things you can just go out there, got nothing to lose, go for it. So I can see it happening. Harold might be um, coaching for his job. He might yeah. be coaching for his job. I have some strong opinions on how I think that's going to work out, but I think we can save that for a Black Monday type of episode uh, when all the coaches start to get fired at this time next week. Uh, do not believe Pete Carroll is going to be on that list, I, I but this time next week, we will see. I'm going to pick a team that I've held off on picking for the entire season. Uh, there is actually a lot of teams that I could pick this week that I'd be perfectly fine with. I would be fine with taking the Eagles over the Cowboys. I do think they're just going to straight up beat them. I would be fine with taking the Giants over the Washington football team. Uh, I think that the mm. football team is playing with not a lot of inspiration. And even if the Giants are going to be going to Jake Fromm at quarterback for the last game of the season, I, I just see the Giants uh, taking care of business there. Uh, I haven't picked Baltimore this season. And I'd see Baltimore ending... Big Ben's career in a in an a fitting fashion where Baltimore beats them, but the team I'm going to pick, I'm going to select Pat Mahomes. Finally, going to select my Chiefs pick mm-hmm. over the Denver Broncos in their attempt to take that number one seed away from the Tennessee Titans. I don't think they're going to get there because I think that the Titans are going to win their game. But I'm finally cashing in my Chiefs pick. It's a good pick, Mark. I'm glad you mentioned the Giants. The Giants Washington football team game. I, I would go Giants also. And especially because the Washington locker room is just a mess right now. People Oof, fighting, the, fighting on the sidelines with each other. Um, their, their best defender has been out for quite a while. Antonio Gibson is out. I think there's, there's, there's not a lot going for the football team right now. And I, I, um, I think that Joe Judge is going to do whatever he possibly can to prove that they're not a, um, how does he call it, a uh, something along the line, a clown organization, I think, is, was the, the, the phrase he used, something like that. And, you know, I think if they, I would doubly pick them if they do make a change at quarterback, because I think, <laughs> I think that the, they, they really overshot on, on that pick originally, and I think that it's just been the, the thorn on their side since, since then. I think so, too. Daniel Jones hasn't played in about a month, and Mike Glennon just, uh, he, he's ruled out for this coming week as well, which is why Jake Fromm is being thrust into that role. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I think we can all uh, put the Daniel Jones experiment to rest as far as what they are doing. Yep. Yeah. So, do you want, I would count that Giants over the Washington football team pick as a hard pick and not a slam dunk easy pick. Okay. Well, Colts, Jaguars, uh, uh, you know, Colts. Yeah. <laughs> so there's your easy pick, Colts, Jaguars. I think we can all agree that that's a, a, a reasonable team to take as an easy pick. Yeah. So you, give me a big upset. The big upset. Oh, man. Oh, please Lions. pick. Oh. Lions. Lions yeah. <laughs> oh, I love yes! it. Love it. Love it. I so hope that, that'll, that be, that'll, that'll be the result of the season. Yeah. Well, um, keep in yeah. mind that there is a very good chance that the Packers do bench most of their starters. That's true. That's and true. Even if that's the case, the Lions would still be the underdog regardless. Oh, that, I mean, even if that's the case, they still should win by twenty what? points anyway. So I'm trying to look up yeah. what the spread is on the on that game. <laughs> a negative eleven and it's eleven and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the Packers have absolutely nothing to play for, and they're still good, likely to destroy the Lions. But yeah. I do, I do want to bring. So uh, you know, going back to my pick, I just want to talk 
a little bit, you know, because we always have to do a weekly Seattle topic, obviously, um, in honor of Mark. Sure. Do you do you think this is the end of the the kind of Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era, or do you think they're going to try and have one more year? Or it almost seems like it's coming to an end. That's just me personally. I've heard what the the chatter has been, the conversation about that. I do think that there will need to be some kind of change in the offseason. But it's the same change that I've been pushing for this entire time. I think they've been having a big problem with their defense. And I think that Ken Norton Jr. is the person who needs to go. And if for whatever reason, Pete Carroll is not willing to move on from Ken Norton, then I do think the decision needs to be made that he needs to be gone at coach because he's unwilling to make the correct decisions for personnel with his team. I think it's much more likely for Ken Norton to actually go rather than Pete Carroll to to be dismissed. I think status quo is going to be maintained for the time being. I think Russ is staying put. I think Pete Carroll is staying pushed. I think there's a chance that John Schneider may, may be booted based off of the poor personnel decisions that they've made. And if Pete Carroll doesn't get it done next year with whoever the new general manager may end up being, then that general manager will not be emotionally or connected to Pete Carroll and would have a much better time, a much better chance of moving on from him then. But we could talk more about that come the offseason. Sure. What do you think, Nate? Just quickly. Uh, I think think Pete Carroll is probably going to stick around. Um, I think he's, he's earned a bad season. Um, it's his first I, losing season yeah. in a decade. Yeah, no, same with Russ. I, I think the the only only reason why I I might err on the side of perhaps them letting Carroll go is is that ever since he didn't run the ball, um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's it's been kind of a, a bit of a downward spiral, not a fast one, but there's certainly a trend. Um, yes. I also don't think that Russell Wilson's going to go anywhere um, unless he holds out, uh, which I, I don't actually think he'd do because he has so many years left on his contract. It would be a massive cap hit if they if they moved him. Yeah, huge. And I don't think I have the ability to move him without losing other players as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've been holding off on it way too long. Biz, you have anything to say about what you've done? That's oh, you mean, you mean, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I feel like why have I done something bad? You mean, <laughs> you mean, you mean winning everything that is possibly available to me this season? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really have anything to add. Um, okay, then if know, that's the case, I, why don't we end? I haven't, I haven't really spoken that much about my triumphs, really. So, um, oh no, no, you know, not, not that yeah, much. You've been very humble. You haven't been, said much. I have. I've been very humble. Maybe taking five yes. to ten minutes only each yes. week. You know. Yes. Um. But yeah, um, triple crown winner. Triple crown winner. And with that, I think that my glass is empty. Oh, uh, my uh, uh, fantastic water. Uh, do we have any shout outs that we want to be able to give? Nick, anybody you want to shout out? You know, we'll I would be really happy to hear uh, Spencer's voice uh, a few weeks ago on, on your podcast. Yeah. Um, as mm-hmm. Biz mentioned, we, you know, we were kind of the three musketeers for a second in, 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 uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> Um, I just I just bought a um, a really nice antique dartboard for my house, and oh, so all love these it. memories from oh. uh, my time with y'all are uh, are rushing back. Oh, so shout it. out to Spencer I and a, a big it. thank you to Biz for having me on today too. Oh, no problem. It's our it's our pleasure. Um, I I do I do have some some shout outs and call outs actually. So yeah, um, shouting out Nick, great to. Great to have you on. I mean, I don't think I've actually seen you since in person since my wedding. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, it's it's great to see you and great uh, that you're you're doing well. And um, yeah, um, wonderful to have you on. Um, 
I also want to I also want to shout out my opponent in the final improper mark. It's a great game, but also want to shout out um, his lovely wife Hannah, who when we when I was texting him about a week ago, he said, "Oh yeah, Hannah loves your podcast. It it puts her to sleep at the night." Oh, so. So, Hannah, this one's for you. I'm glad our podcast is good for something, but but at least you listen to it. <laughs> at least you listen to it. So, thanks. My last my last call out is for the for the folks at ESPN, which host our league. They predicted that I was going to finish second to last after draft day. So, ESPN, this one's for you. There's half, half of me wants to just do another platform next year, but yes, I I I won and I finished top. So, call out to you, ESPN. Well, on the subject of potentially going to another platform, uh, I'm actually going to use my shout-out to segue into just a brief conversation about that. Friday Night um, Punks. Shouting out, well, yeah, shouting out Friday Night Punks first. After weeks of a little bit of turmoil with the platform, the collection being taken off of the OpenSea.io, it is back. All the assets are now easily accessible, easily tradable, easily sellable. If you are interested in any kind of NFT or any type of digital art involving the NFL, go ahead and give Friday Night Punks a look at on OpenSea.io. Great community. You can join the Discord to be able to see when other drops will happen. I want to, once again, give Justin a shout-out. Fantastic job in your picks. But the talk about Justin. Justin was the first person who mentioned when I brought this up a couple of months ago about the possibility of switching our league over to a dynasty league in the future. I love that. Um, ESPN, love to hear that, Nick, you're interested in that. ESPN doesn't currently have a method to be able to do dynasty through their platform right now. And as a result, I will be spending a lot of time this off season researching what other options there are. My preference would be for it to be a free platform, but it is highly likely based off of the options that we have that there's going to have to be some kind of a maintenance fee or a, a, a platform fee to use. Stay tuned to episodes over the offseason. Uh, I'm going to be putting up as much information and bring up the rest of the league roster on in various episodes to get their thoughts. Nick, Indeed. do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I actually really like the idea of having to spend some money because um, then folks who, <laughs> who don't play the whole year might actually lose something. Oh, yep. oh I love that. Yeah. I love it too. <laughs> well, yeah. Once again, re restating that my drink is empty and that must be rectified. So, gentlemen, have a fantastic week and cheers. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys.